Your team is not interested in a computer running their lives. They want to be on a team with people. They want to have a church where their worship pastor is pastoring them. I feel like the churches that are doing that, they are proactively with Planning Center and even in person. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Loop Community Podcast. We have an awesome interview for you today with the co-founder of Planning Center, Aaron Stewart. This is an awesome interview that we actually live recorded with Matt McCoy, and they are going to talk about just how Planning Center can make your scheduling easier and your worship services more seamless. So if you use Planning Center already, you'll know how helpful it can be for your team. And if you don't use it, definitely listen to this so you can learn why. But it's also great just to learn how to use it more efficiently and better and make the most out of it so that you aren't just relying on Planning Center to lead your team. But this is also helpful if you do already use Planning Center because you can learn how to use it more efficiently and not just rely on Planning Center to lead your team. So check out our interview with Aaron Stewart. Hey guys, this is Matt McCoy with Loop Community. You know, when I first started using tracks and worship, it was so helpful that I was able to sit down with somebody who knew what they were doing and for them to walk me through how to actually do that. I remember being a little afraid and intimidated by it because I didn't know what in the world I was doing and I didn't want to take away from worship leading to start focusing on technology. Well, it helps to learn from people who know what they're doing. We are gonna be a part of a conference called the Worship Innovators Conference. It's a brand new conference that is taking place in Chicago, June eight and nine. And what's different about this conference is that it's gonna be led and run by the leading and best worship companies there are today. So companies like Worship Artistry, Praise Charts, Planning Center, Worship Tutorials, Onsong, Churchfront, the list goes on and on and on. These people are all going to be at the conference and they're going to be teaching classes and giving inspiring talks about how to use technology in worship. You do not want to miss this event. Come hang out with us. Reserve your ticket today at worshipinnovators.com. Hope to see you there. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Loop Live. We're going to be talking today about why every worship leader needs Planning Center. My name is Matt McCoy. I'm the founder of Loop Community, and I'm here with my buddy, the co-founder of Planning Center, Aaron Stewart. What's up, Aaron? Coming hey, to, what's up? Coming to us from sunny California. It's awesome. I, right. Man, it's going to be so good. I'm, we're going to just dive into talking about Planning Center. If you guys don't know what Planning Center is, it is probably like the best tool that I ever discovered as a worship leader because I was living in spreadsheets, putting, like organizing my teams in like Excel spreadsheets and like putting set lists together in Microsoft Word. And it was just crazy and not very efficient, pretty unorganized. And Planning Center is awesome software um, for just streamlining your services. And we're going to dive in and talk about that. Honestly, Planning Center is a game changer for so many worship ministries. Aaron, man, good to have you here. Tell us just like why, where did this even come from? Like why did you start Planning Center? Yeah, well, in, um, in 2005, I was a worship pastor at a church in the Palm Springs area of California. And um, we had a choir and a worship team and an orchestra sometimes and a couple of different venues in, in, in the church. And when I got there, they were um, the music assistant, which I was lucky to have. He was like printing off packets and they were making CDs. And somebody was actually like, somebody was driving the CDs to people's houses. <laughs> so like, that was the first thing I'm like, 
that ain't happening anymore. Yeah. Um, but all that stuff. And then uh, the, the rest of the worst department was pretty organized and they were making these Excel spreadsheets that sort of helped track the time. I was lucky enough to um, meet my friend Jeff Berg and he um, is a computer programmer and he was doing graphics and web at the church. And um, he saw some of the things I was doing to organize the music and I saw some of the things he was doing to help the other parts of the worship department get organized. And he said, well, what if, what if I make some software for this? And then over the next six to nine months, that just kind of kept developing. I ended up moving to a different church in Las Vegas who needed the same stuff. And then in 2006, we uh, released it to the world. That's crazy. Can you honestly imagine just how much it's changed? I was thinking about when I first started leading worship, like this is probably 15, almost, well, 20 years ago, I was a young kid. I remember literally, literally cutting and pasting. So like I would, when I was trying to put together a song sheet, I would print Uh out one song I would use a copier to like zoom out on it and then cut it out with scissors and then literally glue it to yeah, another so you sheet. Get it on one page instead of, yeah. Totally. And I remember too, like people trying to like innovate different things. Like I remember someone at our church like created something with Microsoft uh, uh, Access. Do you remember? Is that even a software? That's, that's what I did before Planning Center started, which led to this idea. Yeah, and built like a song database uh-huh. that they could, you know, make. But it was just always, you know, clunky and different. And I remember when I, when I joined staff at Willow Creek, they were using Planning Center. And I was auditioning there. And I remember them, I had never heard of Planning Center before. And they sent me an invite link. And they were like, hey, just get your set in Planning Center. I'm like, I, first of all, I don't know what this is. <laughs> this is in like 2008. And I remember getting in there and being like, whoa, this is unbelievable. And we used it at Willow. And then when I went to uh, the next church in Chicago, we used it there, and I remember actually, those are like, I remember emailing you one time. This is the first time we and, you and I had ever talked. You probably wouldn't never remember this, but I emailed you and I was requesting like a two column chord sheet. And, ah. and within like a day, you guys like in, implemented that feature. So that was really cool because we were like, wow, they really listen to churches. Yeah. And I remember actually us saying that in the meeting, like, wow, can you believe that? This company, like, we just emailed them and then they implemented this feature. So it's awesome. The thing is, though, is that Planning Center actually has a lot of other apps. Like, yeah. it started with services, is that correct? Yes. Okay, and then... Well, what's funny is Planning Center never intended to have multiple products. We just... It was just Planning Center Online, and that was it. But then people started to see, wow, oh, Planning Center is actually easier to use than at least some of the other software that we're doing, and they would find some of the software they didn't like, and like, Planning Center, you should, you should do something like this because yep. uh, you make stuff a little bit easier. And we sort of resisted that for a little while um, because this was never like to make money or to be this big company. It was we just had a problem we wanted to solve, and we didn't like any of the ways it was being solved. And yep. so we want to work on things that we're passionate about, not just whatever. So it took us a while to get a passion for apps, out for, for making products outside of just worship planning anyway. So when we finally decided, we were like, we're going to make something for help manage church facilities um, because that was something that in our churches, we specifically had to use from time to time and infuriated us to no end. Like, okay, we have a choir rehearsal. We have a, like, the choir rehearsal this Tuesday night and to book this dumb room, it takes an hour to do this. Like, no, it cannot be this hard. So, um, so that's sort of when we're like, well, let's, let's do this. But at that point, we were like, everybody already knows the name Planning Center. So yeah. what if we change Planning Center from being the name of the product 
to being the name of the company. And then we have multiple products within Planning Center. So at that point, Planning Center Online, the product became known as Planning Center Services. Right. And then we had Planning Center Resources that came out, which was for the facility stuff. And now we've got um, seven other, seven main products for yeah. giving and check-ins and registering people for events and people uh, and your whole church database can be in there. And where does it stop? Because here's the thing, there are a lot, churches do have a lot of problems <laughs> that need to be solved. And so I remember at one point too, you guys had an app. I don't even know if you guys still do this anymore. There was a spotlight app for worship leaders and artists uh-huh. or a way to plug them in the churches. That was a cool idea. Yeah, we, we stopped doing that, honestly. There are things that we try that we think are going to be good, but they end up not being that popular. And it ends up, yep. even though we like them, it ends up taking away from things that everybody's using. Yep. Um, and so it was hard because it was, it was kind of a niche kind of thing. But yeah, so we stopped doing that. And the other reason why is people still ask us to this day, you should make an app that will help us find worship leaders. But when we did that, you can't help churches find a worship leader from nowhere. <laughs> they're going or, or musician not worship leaders musicians the only place that we're going to help you get a worship a, a musician is someone who's already playing at some other church <laughs> right and so just random musicians that are not playing anywhere don't know about planning center right so that was the downside and it's ultimately why we decided that we needed to not do it anymore because by helping some churches we were hurting other churches and it was like it's not worth it to totally us. yeah so, that makes sense I remember too, there was an app you guys had called Transposer that I used a lot where you could like upload an audio file and it would transpose it. I don't even know if it's still up. It, it is. And this is actually a great thing for you to talk about because you can, anybody can go to Transposer just with an R at the end, no ER, transposer.com and they can put in chord charts or audio files to transpose. And that's a free service the Planning Center makes. However, that whole all of that and more is actually built in to planning center services. We still have people that are like, hey, I was using Transposer. And I'm like, no, 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 just do it. Just, if your services are doing yeah. services, it's way less work. A so. lot cleaner. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. for worship leaders, so all you have all these apps for churches, which are awesome. The one for worship leaders is services, right? Yes. That is like the main one that would be an interest to a worship leader. So, you know, we hear a lot that it's hard to get commitment from volunteers like we actually recently sent out an email that said what's like the biggest struggle you have as a worship leader and like the majority of the emails that came back were like we struggle to get commitment from our team like people don't show up people say they can come and then they don't or you know just really getting buy-in and how do you think that services can like help with that or assist in that whole thing of scheduling people yeah okay this is this is an amazing question because it's something we talk about here all the time and I think services definitely can help you with this, and I will tell you how. But I think services also can very much hurt you mm. with this. Interesting. If you're not intentional about what you're doing. Because services makes it very easy to turn things into systems and to let a computer do a lot of things for you. <laughs> Your team is not interested in a computer running their lives. Yeah. They want to be on a team with people. They want to have a church where their worship pastor is pastoring them and cares about them and is not only thinking about them when they're in front of his or her eyes and 
the rest of the time is just letting a computer do stuff. They don't know what you're doing in services. Some of them can possibly think, oh, the computer's just picking who's supposed to serve, sending me this email, and, and me accepting or declining has no effect on the person actually doing it. This is the big danger of just letting services do it all. Now, letting services take care of the details. So you can use schedule your people. You can send them the email. You can send them, you can have automated reminders. But here's another thing a lot of people don't do in services, even though it's very easy. One of the biggest complaints volunteers give us is, when will I know when a worship leader changed songs? When will I know that a new song was added? Can you send me a notification that they changed the key? Can you send? And services doesn't do that. And we don't promise that we do that because there's a million things you as a worship leader could change. And I don't want to send your team an email every time you fix a typo or you just move a song from the top of the list to the bottom or you change it into a key that everyone already knows. And you, the first way was a mistake. There's so many things. When you make a change, you need to tell your team. You yeah. just, like, after you do it, you just click email these people and you say, hey, team, change this song to this song. You might want to check it out. I feel like the churches that are doing that and they are proactively with Planning Center and even in person, mm. communicating to their teams as a pastor and letting them know, even with the scheduling stuff, your availability, when you cancel on me at the last minute, this has a real effect on my team. Like, right. we can't do this, it affects this. Like, when they know those things and you're actively discussing those things with them, there's a much better chance that they they see how that's going to affect you. Because without that, all it is to them is clicking a button and the computer figures everything out. The computer goes to some software in the background and has a huge pool of bass players that can fill in for them and it has no effect on you. Yep. So that's the danger, is letting services take care of all of it and you don't talk to your people anymore. So how? why are they going to care about you if you don't show that you're caring about them? Wow. That is such a great point because I do think that even if there are yeah, worship leaders who are watching this now using services, we can so easily just let technology be like, okay, the people serve the technology instead of the technology serving them. And like, we have to remember that we're actually talking to like human beings and like we, we are building ministries and building relationships with our teams. And you're right that like you have to be pastoring your team. You can't do that just by hiding behind a, maybe a <laughs> passive aggressive email of like, you know, I think it actually could work the other way around too. Like when someone on your team just hits decline. And then the worship leader's like, oh, like, why did they decline? Like, why, you know, there's no communication. Uh And then it's easy just to like move on and be like, well, next. Who's the next bass player I can schedule? And you don't even like reach out to be like, hey, how are things going? Like you, you know, are you on a break? Are you having a baby? Are you stressed out right now? You know, like you could probably even just like forget. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, because it does make it so easy, a lot of churches don't, tell their team in person they're going to start using services Mm. they don't explain to them how it works they don't even like when someone declines there is a little box that you can say why you don't have to but many worship leaders go out of their way to tell their team this is why it's important that you don't do this and this is why it is important that if you are going to decline like tell me why to keep that communication open because i think you're absolutely right like Letting people know that you care is important. But I think that goes for a lot of other things. I know this isn't a question that you necessarily ask, but I'm really passionate about this. No, this is important. Um, There's so many other things that you can do to send this message to people. 
scheduling them three days before your service does not send the message that you care about them. Right. So why are they going to care about you? Like what we recommend, and this is how I do it, is recommend you schedule two or three months ahead of time. People ask, should I schedule people before my set list is final? My mm. answer is 100% yes all the time. Yep. Because when your set list is final, you can go in there and just email them and say, hey, the set list is final. What it's we just it. talked about like a couple minutes ago. But it's so easy to forget that the people on your team, most everyone that's watching this, your team is all volunteers. They all have full-time jobs. Yep. It's so, like I know from 15 years of full-time worship, it is just easy to just forget that just because I'm thinking about this all day, my <laughs> team members are not just on planning center checking to see what's new every day. They're not, you know, they've got other things going on. And when you schedule them ahead of time, it's like, oh, you recognize Next week, they're going to have soccer practice day and take their kids to this place. And like, they have to move things around when they commit to being at your Thursday night band rehearsal. Give them some extra time for that. All of those things, all of those like respecting their schedule, respecting their lives, communicating with them, those things that you have to be intentional about, they all set you up for your team members understanding that this is a relationship and not a computer. Yeah, that's so good. I was thinking like if I'm going to schedule someone you know, last minute like that, I probably would, it's probably best to give them a call first. Call them, yes. Be like, hey, can you play this weekend? And they're like, yeah, what happened? And you tell them and then be like, hey, okay, I'm going to add you to the planning center. Yes, yes. Be like, you'll get a planning center email because then they know to expect it. And yeah, that's a good point that like worship leaders can kind of get in a bubble where they're just like thinking like, you know, they're in planning center all day long, all week long. And yeah, people on your team probably don't totally care and they're not looking at that all week long. Yeah. They just get an email that says accept or you know, decline. Um, yeah, they're going to put the effort. They're not likely to give you more effort than you put effort into them. Wow. That is a great uh, just reminder of a good way to just show respect and love to your team members. And then for those of you who don't know, with, with services, you can actually you know, have all your services planned out and schedule ahead of time. Uh, team members. I'm also very glad that you guys added a way to have multiple accounts like merged and linked because I was playing at a lot of churches and I was getting like so I had like tons of different accounts at one point and it was really confusing but now it's like it's great because no matter what church I'm at you know just give them one email address and they add me in. Yeah as long as your name email and password are the same when you log in, you'll see any of your accounts that are using the same name email and password and you can link them all together so it shows you your schedule from all of them. Yeah, that's awesome. So how can services help with the planning, the actual flow of your worship service? And all churches are different. Some churches want to like get it down to the second, like program out everything, like lighting cues and walk-in music. And I've, I've had churches where they're like, hey, you said that, you know, that song was going to go four minutes and 36 seconds, but you went four minutes and 52. <laughs> um, can we trim something there? So like, do you have any tips on just like, actually planning out a service flow and like making that an easy experience for someone? Yeah, maybe. I might twist your question again to answer it the way that I want to. Um, That's totally but, fine. But speaking of what you just said, I think most churches do not need to plan things down to the second or to the minute. There are some situations where you need to, where it's like Christmas Eve and you have 15 minutes between services and people have to get out of the parking lot. And like, so you might need to do it just every once in a while, or you might never need to do it. The danger there is, maybe not danger, that might be too strong, but 
thinking that because it doesn't matter to you down to the minute that you shouldn't worry about it at all. I think there are cases where you don't need to worry about it at all, especially in some other cultures. It's just, it's rude to think about timing. You just go forever. And that's totally fine. But I think if you're trying to plan things out ahead of time, to me, knowing how reality matched your plans is beneficial in itself, whether you choose to change anything about it or not. So what I mean by that is I'm in a plan hey, we typically try to do 22 minutes of worship music, whatever. It can go from 18 to 25, whatever. But that's typically what we plan for. Well, Planning Center Services has a whole feature called Planning Center Live. And during your service, you can open live and somebody can just be clicking next each time you move to the next item. And what that does is it actually times out how long each of those items is actually taking. So when you're done, you can print a report and it can say, how long did each of these things take? Yeah, and announcements nice. went five hours. <laughs> right, right. And so to me where this is helpful is in a situation where like, why is our service always going so much longer than we thought? Hmm. And it's like, well, here's why, is when you do this worship song at the end, you, you think it's going to go for but it always, you end up speaking during the bridge and then there's a prayer and then you repeat and then you repeat and you repeat. And that song ends up going eight minutes. Great. I'm not telling you you should change how you do that song at all. That's a totally different conversation. But knowing, ooh, that song takes twice as long as any other songs, that's just going to help you in the future to know like, okay, yeah, you should just plan one less song because in realistically, this song actually takes a lot longer. And so those, um, the ability to sort of plan those things is beneficial. When you're talking about help in planning a service order, that is so different from each church. So I don't have that many great tips. But the, I guess the one thing that I would say is I like using templates to my advantage. Mm. Each service type can have as many templates as you want. And a template can have almost anything in it. So your template can have different items in your service. It could have different um, configurations of teams, anything that you're going to reuse. So for instance, let's say uh, my church only does, we do communion one Sunday a month, just as an example. Well, when we do that, that, that ends up taking eight extra minutes at the end of the service. So we might want to plan one less song at the beginning of the service, however you want to do it. But so I have a template that in that template, it says song one, song two, song three, announcements, whatever, whatever message, yep. communion, communion, song, prayer, whatever. And it has all those things so that when it's time for communion Sunday, I import that template and now I remember, okay, now I just need to convert song one, two, and three. I just need to link a song to them and I pick the songs and I need to link communion song with a communion song. Um, helps you just remember those things. And then one step further, your whole song library can be tagged. And so if you have, here are the, the, you know, once you do songs for communion, you could say, you know what? This is a great song for communion. So I'm gonna go to the song page. I'm gonna make a tag called communion and I'm gonna tag this song with that. So that next time when it is time for communion, you can say, hey, show me all of my communion songs. And you don't have to remember like, oh, those are the ones we typically use. And you can add another one anytime you want to, but it's yep. just trying to keep that in your head of like what we do for everything. And then when you say, show me my communion songs right there next to it, it will show you the last time you did each one of those in case yep. you're trying to 
spread them out and it sort of, there's not another reason to pick one. Yep. You might want to keep them more spread out. Yep. What's really cool is just having a place where all of your past services are. So you can always go back and look to see like, you know, what songs have you done? What have you played too much? I don't know what I would do without Matrix View. Matrix View is like you can load that up and load in. You can pull up a screen that shows you like the next 10 services or the previous like 50, however many you want. Honestly, mm-hmm. I don't know what I would do with that, out that view because it makes it so nice. You can just drag items from other services into, into uh, different plans. And it just makes planning so much easier. You can see like, wow, um, maybe we shouldn't do This Is Amazing Grace like four weeks in a row. You know, like, or you can also do that with scheduling too, which I think is a huge help. You pull up your band and you can see like, oh, wow, like Trevor has played drums like three weeks in a row. We probably need to give him <laughs> a break. Totally. So speaking with that, I meant to mention that earlier, but, you know, I said, hey, schedule two months at a time. That is how you do it. You do it on the matrix. You open the matrix view yep. so that you can see all eight of those weeks yep. and you can see who's the drummer uh, all weeks, who's the other person. So then when you send them an email, it only sends them one email with all of those requests in it because the more emails you send from planning center, the more likely your people are going to ignore them. Ooh. If they're getting a million emails, it's just easy for to be like, oh, there's just that reminder email. I just, oops, oh, I deleted that email because I thought it was a reminder email. I didn't even read it because I'm getting three planning center emails a week from you. That is a ninja tip right there. Everybody watching this, that is a very pro tip because yeah, you only want to send one email that has all the services and they can just, yeah, because otherwise it's going to go into, I don't know if it'll go into junk, but they might just ignore it or. Yeah, it's it's easy to ignore it. Wow. First, sending your scheduling requests for two months at a time or whatever in the matrix. The second thing with that is you can set up automatic reminder emails for people. If your people are the same people every single week, don't send them reminders. If you're not scheduling your people until three days before, first of all, don't do that. But if you can't not do it for whatever reason, don't send them reminders. Um, But the third thing is, if you are scheduling two months ahead of time, it is good to send that person a reminder on their week to serve. Send it to them, you know, the beginning of like up to seven days before. But if you set up a reminder for like Tuesday night band rehearsal, don't also have a reminder for Sunday morning service. Like if your person shows up on Tuesday and then they forget to come on Sunday, like that's a problem planning center can't help you solve anyway. Right. <laughs> and an email's not going to fix it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I'm all about efficiency. So like the matrix view, I just can't imagine doing it in the other view, like in the actual plans and going back and forth. And I yeah. wonder like how many people know that that's there. Like, cause there is that little button in the top right corner matrix. Every time I enter it, I'm like, Ooh, this is the secret <laughs> layer. By this- the way, um, a tip for what you just said, if anybody's in the situation where you're like, Ooh, Trevor has been on three weeks now, I should probably give him a break. If you have the luxury to give somebody a break like that, you can have services help you with that actually. Because each of your people can set scheduling preferences on their profile for each team. But you as the scheduler can set those for them. So either you or Trevor could go on to Trevor's profile for band and say scheduling preferences three times a month. That way, when you go to schedule him the fourth time in a month, it will just tell you right there. You have to look. It'll say, hey, Trevor does not prefer to be scheduled more than three times a month. Now, you can, like, those scheduling preferences, it's just a preference. 
as the scheduler, you can ignore it and you can schedule them anyway. But it's like a little thing that's going to help you if you want to do that. Because sometimes it's more important. Sometimes you have people, oh, I actually, I'm a firefighter and I actually work the first and the third Sunday of the month. So they can set a preference that says I can only serve the second, fourth Sundays of the month. And that reminds you. But you can have those preferences even just for things that you want to be encouraged to do, not necessarily like have to do. And as a scheduler, you can set those for people yourself. That's good to know. So let me throw out a personal just question. Something I experienced recently in Planning Center. I got invited to lead worship at a church. And, you know, they're like, throw in your set list for the weekend. They have a Saturday service and then two services on Sunday morning, a 9 and 11. Mm -hmm. Well, I go into Planning Center and they have different plans for each service. So, like, there was, like, a plan for Saturday 5 p.m., plan for Saturday 9 a.m., plan for Saturday or Sunday 11. And so... I had to then, I mean, this is where the matrix view helped, but I pulled up all three and then, you know, had to just basically put the same information in each one. And I was like, why is this just not one plan, like our weekend service? And I guess you probably, I guess the benefit of maybe doing three different is if those services are actually different or maybe like the 9 a.m. service, you always do communion or something. But even then, I think if I were doing that, I would just put communion in the plan and just say at 9 a.m. only. In the so there's actually a feature that will do that. This is a great question. Okay. Um, the only reason you should have a separate service is if, if the things in the service are moderately to drastically different. Like if one of them is the traditional service and the other one is the contemporary service. Like yeah. You like, this is not a great word, but like advertise them to your congregation with a different name. Right then it should be a different service. Yep. But if your congregation would only ever choose to go to one of them, like come to the contemporary service at either 9 o'clock or at 11 o'clock yep. or Saturday at 6, if that's what it is, that should be the same service. It sounds like that church might have just it might just be doing it wrong. I mean, here's an example. Anybody with multiple services, this happens to all of them. Baby dedications. Yep. You dedicate two babies in the 9 o'clock service and none in the 11 o'clock service. Great. Services, like, there is a feature for that. So it's going to be hard for me to describe to you. But if anybody is really interested in this, use our help box by clicking the little question mark in the top right and just type the word exclude. And a lesson will show you how to do this, but I'll describe it to you. When you're looking at your service order, you would put baby dedications in. And to the left where um, where you see, you know, two minutes or whatever, Yep. you can change that whole time column. At the very top of the times column, you can change it from length into times. And that will give you different columns. So you'll actually see, oh, this is happening at 9.12 in the 9 o'clock service and at 11.12 in the 11 o'clock service. Then what you do is you click on 11.12 to remove it from the 11 o'clock service. So now that item only exists yep. in the 9 o'clock service. So if you print out your plan and you say, I only want to print the nine o'clock service, it'll say baby dedications. And at 11, it won't include it in your printout at all because it does not exist in the 11 o'clock service. Oh, gosh. All right. That's so good. I'm having coffee with the music director at this church this week, and I'm going to gently talk to him about this, you know, eradicating the planning center sins one at a time. That's that is such a good that's a great tip. Um, what, what tip would you give to a worship leader who's maybe wanting to implement this and or maybe they have started to implement it, but their team is not embracing it? Maybe like their team's not looking, like refusing to look at the plan. So like they show up in rehearsal, it's like, well, wait, did you see the set list? And they're like, 
no, I didn't create an account. I didn't, you know what I mean? Like, are there any tips of like, how do you actually get a team to embrace this? Because I know I can see why a worship leader would quickly and easily embrace it. But what about getting like, you know, Linda on the keyboards to embrace it? Yeah. This is a harder question for me because I, I don't have personal experience with this thing. So, but I, I can give you some advice just, yeah. I think a lot of this, not all, from the very first conversation we had here today, which is explaining to your team why you're doing this and what the benefits of this are for. But in addition to that, I think worship leaders sometimes need to be need to be more firm. I don't know if that's the right thing, but there's, and and I know it's not always possible. So I'm going to say this, and I know that there are reasons that you can't do this because sometimes you are desperate for volunteers and you sort of are at their whim. But a lot of times people will accept a little, like, I just don't let people come late to my rehearsals. Yeah. Like there are lots of little things like this. If you're going to be on my worship team, Mm-hmm. You're going to show up on time. Yeah. If you're going to be on my worship team, you're going to show up to rehearsal and you are going to have listened to the music. You're going to be ready for rehearsal. It's not a practice. We're not learning things. We're like rehearsing. Like to me, a rehearsal is a chance for us to figure out how to take what we've already worked on and make sure that we all sound good together. Yeah. Now, they cannot do that if you have not given them adequate time to prepare that music ahead of time. Right. So for me, a lot of this comes down to, are you giving your team stuff early enough? Because if you're not, nothing else is going to line up for you. You can't expect anything of them if you're not giving them enough time for stuff. But if you are, it is a gradual process. And what you have to do is say, hey team, I've not been setting you up for success. Right. And I want to. So I'm committing to you. I'm going to have your music for you at least the Sunday before service. So you have at least four or five days to rehearse stuff. And once you do, then you have to get into a habit of like, why do you expect me to come to rehearsal like this? Well, (laughs) nobody is in a band to not sound good. Like, yes, we're there to use our gifts, but in a, in a good way, like Mm -hmm. there's also a lot of enjoyment that playing music comes. We can't ignore that part of it. I want my rehearsals to be fun. I want us to sound good. Otherwise, What's not, what's the point, but like get somebody else to do it. And so all of these things like really add together and you have, you have to explain those things. And you honestly, even though I don't like this word that much, you have to build this culture up in your team and it is a well-rounded culture. It is not just, Hey, why aren't you embracing planning center? It's you embrace planning center because that helps you get your music ahead of time because that helps us have better rehearsals because that makes it so that on Sunday morning, people are not thinking about the music. They are actually worshiping. I don't want to have just learned a song yesterday and crammed the whole thing into my head so that when I'm supposed to be a worship leader, all I'm worried about, oh my gosh, that bridge is coming and I don't know how it goes. What are the yeah. chords? We try to change the chords to that. No, that stuff should be done. Yeah. So that I can focus on leading people. Yeah. And all, all of it leads up to that. The people aren't going to think of that on their own. It's your job as their leader yeah. to explain how all this stuff works. Now, one more thing. I know, oh, man, whew, passionate. Okay. No, that's good. So, good preaching. <laughs> the, the, the second part of that is what about Linda, who's the keyboard player and just doesn't like technology? Yeah. That's a real thing. That's and hard. That, that's one, that's really one of the only issues that I feel like can't be solved by almost like what I was just pre- preaching about. 
you have to help her. Yeah. You have to help her. Yeah. This ultimately helps you. I'm like, oh, so-and-so is just not a computer person and they're never going to figure it out. Okay, well then figure it out with them. Like have them stay after 30 minutes at band rehearsal or bring them into your office or go to their house or go out to lunch and be like, this is to help us all. I know you don't like computers. This is actually pretty easy. I, I know this is going to sound scary, but let me walk you through just the three things that you need to do. And if it ever is not like this, you call me and I will try to figure out why it's not like this. Right. That's your job. If you didn't have planning center, you'd be doing all this for them anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and it'd be a lot harder. It'd yeah. be a lot harder. And I think it's a very rare person who does not want to be given uh, tools to prepare. Like most people don't want to just show up and be like, oh my gosh, I don't know how this song goes. Like yeah. I think people want to be prepared and planning center is a great way to like help your team feel prepared. Um, but once again, if you are the type of person who is not telling them when you make a major change, they have no desire to rehearse a whole bunch of stuff that is likely to be cut or changed. Yes. I have been an offender of that. At Everyone's going to do that every once in a while. That is 100% fine. Like, that's a thing that it's like, people, your team will give you grace if it is grace. They don't want to deal with just that's your person. I'm a lazy personality and I just never do this thing. And some people, because maybe they think planning center is just going to do it for them. And so I'm here to tell you it's not. So care for your team and just when you can, remember to tell them those things. Because once again, all of this adds up together to like... I'm not going to waste my time doing this if there's a big chance that it's going to be different by the time Thursday night rolls around. Right. Wow, that's good. And that's just kind of instilling them of, well, it's that word, kind of culture of just like, hey, I want you to be prepared. We're not going to be changing things last minute on you. (laughs) So that people know what to expect. So my last question for you, Aaron, is uh, as a worship leader, what are your personal favorite features of Planning Center? Or what is a feature that you think that worship leaders actually don't know, that they don't even know exists? And I'm going to start because I, and I wonder, one of my favorite features in Planning Center is when I go to songs and then there's a link and I think it got moved recently to somewhere else Mm -hmm. and it's like see top songs. I love going there because then it pulls up this window that shows you, I think it's like a global ranking chart of what songs are being played what weekend. So you could, so you could go to like October 7th and see what are like the top 50 songs that are playing that are on schedules that weekend, which I think is such a cool feature. Yeah, that's something that Planning Center has the advantage over other companies that do this because we know what songs people are planning before the weekend even comes. Every night, our servers go and tally all the songs for the upcoming five or six, I think it used to be six, now it's just five, um, for the upcoming five weeks, what songs are on people's plans. And so when you go to the top songs view, it's showing you across all um, 60,000 planning center churches what songs people are doing which is especially helpful when you're coming up to easter good friday christmas like like oh there's all these new songs and what's cool about that top songs list is that you can search the list by theme even so it's christmas it's only five weeks away or whatever i'm going to go to the christmas see what other people are planning but we want a song about hope you can type hope in and it will narrow the list of those songs down still in ranked order but just the ones that are about hope or whatever, and it can help you with that. Now, we moved that button so that it is, first of all, because people didn't see it yeah. in the old way, exactly like you're saying. It was like a banner. Now, in when you add a new song, 
it's right there. It's like one of the only things that's there. And it's there for two reasons. One, because now everyone should see it. But the other reason is you can now access top songs from within a plan or the matrix. Because when you're in a plan, you can add a new song and now that button there will pop up. And so you can view top songs really from anywhere on the whole site now. So it's, that's pretty helpful. Yeah, I love that feature. Because yeah, then if you're ever looking to be like, what are, like, what's a new like, song that people are singing? Like, what's a new fast song that people are singing? Can you search by like, tempo or anything like that? You can't, but each of the results does have an audio preview so you can listen to it pretty quickly. And you know, honestly, most of the song titles sort of help you. You kind of can tell if it's a slower fast yeah, song. Yeah, you can. You really can, actually. <laughs> what about you? Do you have, are there any features that you think that worship leaders definitely don't know about? Or what's your favorite one? Let's see. This is one that people do wrong a lot. And I think, and I know it, and which, which is why when we change the design of each song page, we made the design so that this hopefully makes a little bit more sense. But um, I think what a lot of people don't know is about songs being able to have multiple arrangements and mm. multiple arrangements and your, each arrangement can have different keys. Because what happens is uh, without this concept... And when people do it wrong, let's say, you know, you do a song in two keys. So you've got two different, you've got this chord chart in, in G and in C. So people log into the plan and they see it in G and in C and half of them learn it in G and half of them learn it in C. And it's like, no, like <laughs> those two chord charts exist, but on, on this plan, you chosen a key. <laughs> so ability to attach your files with a specific key or with a specific arrangement makes it so that when you're planning them, hey, if you choose the short arrangement of this in A flat, you're only gonna get the files that are for the short arrangement in A flat. And the key, the song files for like the long arrangement in G are on your song page, but not on the plans page. So that that's one of them. But the second benefit of that is a little bit more obscure, which is, Churches that have, basically you can use this arrangement feature if your team wants your chord charts in a different way than another team. So like, let's say you technically are doing the same arrangement of a song, but right. like the, the the high school ministries does this song and their chord charts are like in landscape with whatever, you know, they don't know as good of chords as you do. So they simplify everything or whatever. They can have the high school arrangement of this song because keeps all of its own chord charts and then you can have the main arrangement and all your chord charts can be there so that your team just sees your chord charts and your files and the high school when they do it they only see their files so using arrangements as a way to separate files for teams Ooh. is kind of a good tip yeah that is big because a church could share an account right so the youth ministry could have like their own section basically inside yes and that is by the way for anybody who wonders that is the way to do it you should not have more than one planning center account per church it is made so that every ministry in your church can schedule can do music can do whatever but it should all be within one account you can have a high school worship leader that's an admin for the high school service yep you can't even see your main service because permissions can be um, broken down by different service types wow yeah that's good so Aaron, how can someone even get started with Planning Center if, if someone's not using it now? Like, what's the best way to, like, jump in and get started? Yeah. Um, you would go to planning.center okay. in your web browser. And especially if you're a worship leader, you would look for um, 
Planning Center services. It's the green one. So you can remember services or you can remember green. Um, but that homepage will sort of tell you how Planning Center can do everything for your whole church. If you're interested in just the worship stuff, there's a menu at the top called products and you just find the services app. And what's nice about the way Planning Center is set up is that you can use just one of our products and that's it. So you can pay for services. If you have a team of five people or less, it's actually totally free, but most people have a bigger than five. So um, I believe it's 25 people or less is $14 a month. And then what usually happens is other ministries in the church start to learn and start to want to use it. And if that happens, then you can just upgrade. You can even add our other products on in the future. But it's usually we recommend start with one team, start with one service, start with one product. And if it grows, awesome. And if it doesn't, then just stay there and just keep paying just that small amount to get all the benefits. Because between all of our pricing packages, there are no changes in features. You can do all, no matter what you're paying, even the totally free plans. Oh, that's cool. If you're, if you're on our free plan, you can do transposing, you can upload files, like you can do everything as long as you have five people or less. Wow. But everything else is the same. Yeah, and that's really cool that you even have a free plan for maybe a, a small church that doesn't have any money at all. Maybe they just got that off the ground. That is the huge question that we get is, oh, my church is too small, we don't need something like this. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I don't care what size church it is, the size of church does not usually affect the size of your song library. Like, nope. you're probably going to have the same size song library as any other church. And for me, I would sign up for the free version of Planning Center Services, even if I was the only person to use it, because I could put my own set list together. I could organize all my songs, even if nobody else is using it. And the other nice thing is, let's say nobody else is going to use it, but you want to print out music packets. You After you get everything organized and you put, like, your plan together for that week, there's a button that just says, Download all PDFs. It will go through each item, get the chord chart, assemble them into one file, and it makes it so much easier. If you if you still are printing things for people, it's just a lot faster with Planning Center. Wow. Aaron, thank you just for like what you're doing and innovating in this space. It's like honestly I don't even know how to like thank you enough for just from a <laughs> worship leader perspective of like you have saved me hours <laughs> by by these products, like you've saved me hours and like headaches and just making it so easy to actually plan a service and schedule people. So I appreciate you, man. Thank you for that. And I haven't used any of the other products, but I'm sure that it's also like saving many headaches for, you know, H, like uh, building management people in children's ministries. And it's just, it's awesome. So thanks for your time. Yes, you're very welcome. Glad to help. Thanks for joining us on the Loop Community Podcast. Music from this episode is brought to you by John Guerra from his album, Little Songs. Make sure you check it out on Apple Music or Spotify. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, leave a review and a rating. It means a lot. We'll see you soon.